Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome. Today, we are diving into thyroid hormone and weight Q&A. So I'm taking a lot of your common questions and even questions that I get from my patients. So if you are a patient of mine, definitely listen up because one patient's question might be your question and you might be really stoked to have it answered before you even asked it. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So we're diving into a couple different questions that I'm getting, and we're also going to dive into what it means or what your body does rather after a week of overindulgence. And I'm going to be speaking from personal experience. And I know many of you are sitting there right now kind of, you know, questioning like, wait, why aren't I losing weight and what's going on? And, but I'm doing everything right. Are you? Let's just talk about what your body does when you go off your diet plan a little bit, because the struggle is real. Okay, so for those of you on who do not know me, my name is Amy Horniman. I'm a functional medicine practitioner specializing in thyroid hormone and weight loss issues. So the Q and A, I want to start with this one because there was no way that I could just answer this via typing. There's so many different factors that come into play and there's different answers based on the individual because please remember you are an individual, you are a unique person. So one answer for one person might not be the answer for you, but amongst my multiple answers, you might find one that works. So question, why does taking T3 make me so sleepy? Is this normal? It doesn't even matter the dose within 45 minutes to an hour. I feel like I need to go back to bed. Okay. So first of all, we have to look at number one, what are your other symptoms and what are your labs? So we can go into what's your free T3? What medication are you on? So let's look at that, you know, individually. So if you are sitting there and you are on, let's say a T4, T3 combination, Synthroid and T3, you're taking your T3, but you're taking it with your Synthroid. And if you're taking T3, you're probably taking it alone in the afternoon, multi-dosing it. So it might be that T4 that is coming into play that is actually causing 
hypo symptoms. So if you have issues with converting T4 to T3, now this is this is part one of the answer because we are assuming we're assuming that this part of the answer that someone is on either natural desiccated thyroid medication or they're on a T4 T3 synthetic combo. So that T4, you might be a non-converter where you simply don't convert T4 to T3 properly. And just like my story, even if I add in 25 micrograms of T4, and you know, the common thought would be, well, more is better, more is better. If I add more thyroid medication, I'm going to be better. I'm going to lose more weight. I'm going to feel better. But if I add in 25 micrograms, an itty bitty dose of T4, I will become hypo. Even keeping my T3 the same, I will become hypo with that added T4. So I could take my my T3 in, you know, two, three doses, whatever through the day, and you bet your ass I'm going to get tired because that T4 that I'm adding in, because I don't convert, is making me hypo. So yes, absolutely, I would become fatigued. Now, I would also gain weight. So that would be my other question or the other factor that would come into play with this answer would be, what are your other symptoms? Are you just taking T3 and getting tired? Or are you taking T3, you're getting tired, your hair is falling out, you're gaining weight, you're not losing any weight, you have brain fog, you still are hypo basically. So are you saying that you're taking T3 and not noticing a darn bit of difference the whole entire time? Or are you taking T3 and boom, it's like you crash. Like just that, that just like you said, 45 minutes to an hour later, boom, you're all of a sudden so tired. It's like somebody just hits you in the side of the head with a tired bat and, and you're extremely fatigued. This can happen when we are taxing your adrenals. So T3 works really well at kind of kicking up your cortisol. So people who have low cortisol, number one, if you have low cortisol to begin with, that is going to be an issue in and of itself that we may have to address and we can dose your T3 accordingly with that low cortisol and do like Paul Robinson has the circadian T3 method. We can dose it maybe four or five times a day. We can do a diurnal cortisol saliva panel of four point salivary cortisol to see what point of the day you dip down really, really low. And then we can add in that T3 at that time to bump it up. But but T3 will kind of cause a little bit of an increase in cortisol. So here's an issue. If you have high cortisol and you add in T3, it's going to kind of jack you up and then drop you low. So I want to ask this question. How many of you have taken a stimulant of sorts? So maybe you were prescribed Phenermy, maybe you were on Adipex, maybe you're on Adderall and in the beginning it worked and you had this sustained energy and then all of a sudden you started taking it and an hour or two later you crashed and you crashed low. So that stimulant, now T3 is not like an Adderall or an Phenamine, but it still is, you know, it's going to hit that cortisol level. You are kicking up your cortisol and then crashing it low. So whenever a patient of mine says that they're taking like a phenamine or an Adderall or something like that, and they crash, we need to back off and really focus on healing the adrenals. I'm not saying back off of your T3, but that might be an issue or a big red flag that we need to heal your adrenals because you should not be crashing after a slight little stimulant boost. Now, phenamine is like a tandem of the stimulant ladder. 
T three is like you know like a four or five. I mean, sometimes it'll it'll give you energy and it'll peak and it'll definitely help with your energy levels, but it's not going to be like drinking five cups of coffee. The other question would be, what is the dose that you are taking, right? If you're taking an itty bitty baby dose, then you might just be hitting those tired crashes because you're not on enough medications to begin with. If you're taking too large of a dose at one time, again, that could be acting like the Adderall, the phenamine, where it's bumping you up and then you're coming down the other side and you're just crashing as it wears off. Remember that T3 has a very short action on the body. It, it peaks at around three to four hours. Now, should you be crashing 45 minutes to an hour afterwards? No, but I would, I would be interested to know how you feel three, four hours later after taking T3. And then also, of course, your dose. And like we said, your cortisol rhythm and whether or not you're on T4. Um, so there's multiple answers to this one question and there's multiple factors that can come into play. So hopefully I gave you enough to go off of in order to kind of look at the different factors involved. It could just simply be that you need more T3 medication. It could just simply be that you have to pull out your T4 medication because you don't convert very well. Or it could simply be that you are just flatlined with cortisol and we need to do a lot of work to bring your adrenals back to life and into a normal diurnal cortisol rhythm. Okay, another really, really great question I got. My doctor told me I have insulin resistance. This is not from a patient of mine. This is from another person. This is from a listener. My doctor told me I have insulin resistance, not prediabetes. First of all, let's just stop there. Insulin resistance and prediabetes are pretty much the same thing. They are the same thing. So we can use the terms interchangeably. Insulin resistance, sure, we could say uh, you would have in functional medicine, you'll have insulin resistance if your glucose is above an 86. Let's say you're coming at around like 90 and your insulin's maybe like an 8 or a 9 or a 10 where optimal is below 6. Um, your hemoglobin A1C is like 5.5, 5.6. We could say that's insulin resistance. You're having sugar cravings, all of that. Whereas maybe your doctor is saying prediabetes is closer to like you're at 110 for your glucose, your insulin is like a 20, and your A1C is like 5.6, 5.7, where you're not fully stepping over into that full-on diabetic realm, but you're really walking that thin, thin line. I kind of use prediabetes and insulin resistance interchangeably. So I'm just throwing that out there. But to go on with the question, she wants to put me on metformin for weight loss and to help the resistance. I have no intention of staying on this long-term. Having an actual diagnosis of insulin resistance scares the crap out of me. I also have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, not on any meds. I have an endocrinologist, but not happy with them. Shocker. I know this is has to be related. Okay. As I always say, and this is from Lauren, as I always say, insulin resistance and hypothyroid go hand in hand. So they are partners. <laughs> they are partners in crime. So if we do not have a person who has an optimized thyroid, nine times out of 10, 99% of the time, we will see insulin resistance present because the thyroid is the master gland. 
if the thyroid is off, your insulin signaling will be off. We will start to see those numbers change where glucose increases, insulin starts to creep above a six, sometimes way above a six, your A1C starts to increase. You just aren't good anymore at regulating your, your glucose and your insulin with the food that you eat. That is where we see that tie into the thyroid where we really have, I do both at the same time in working with patients, but we really have to optimize both. If you have Hashimoto's, depending on what stage you're in, we would probably need to think about using a medication. Now, of course, this person did not post her labs or anything like that, what her lab values are, but in, in looking at just the question alone, First, we have to address the Hashimoto's. We have to optimize your thyroid first, no matter whatever that looks like. If we go the natural route or if we go the, the medication route, we need to optimize the thyroid first. And then chances are, if you do nothing else, if you don't want to go on metformin, if you just optimize the thyroid, chances are pretty good that your insulin resistance will go away. It will resolve itself. Now, sometimes we will use some berberine. So patients that don't do well on metformin, we can use berberine and that works like metformin. I urge you go on Google Scholar, go on PubMed, search berberine and insulin resistance, berberine and diabetes. And you will see a ton of different articles come up and showing that berberine works to increase insulin sensitivity, meaning decrease insulin resistance because it's making your cells more sensitive to the insulin instead of having those doors be closed on the cell where the insulin can't get in. The other thing that helps this is optimizing the thyroid, but we can optimize your thyroid. We can use berberine. We can use proper diet. So you're not, it's not like you're throwing berberine down on some thyroid med and eating McDonald's and cookies all day. That's not going to work. But when we do everything together, it works in beautiful harmony and everything balances out. Now, the other thing I will say, Lauren, is metformin is not the big, bad, ugly monster that you think it is. Metformin, we're using it in anti-aging medicine because it does lower that blood sugar and insulin response. So in some instances, we're seeing reduced risk of cancer. We are seeing uh, reduced risk of neurological diseases related to aging, like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's. So it does play a role in anti-aging medicine, but the big factor is controlling your insulin and glucose. So even if we use berberine for that and get your diet under control and optimize your thyroid, we're still going to see an overall improvement and we'll still protect your brain and protect your body long-term as you age. Don't be too, too scared of metformin, but some people just can't tolerate it. I have many patients that go on metformin and they have nonstop diarrhea. And it really is about like a 30 to 40%, 30% can't tolerate metformin. We'll get those bad GI side effects from it. And then maybe 10% can't tolerate berberine. Like you'll still get that group of people that they just, they cannot tolerate berberine whatsoever. They have constant diarrhea. It's not fun. They can't leave the house, but it's a very small percentage as compared to metformin. So that's why we can use both. Okay, another one. Can you comment on the impact of HRT and thyroid levels? So hormone replacement therapy and thyroid levels. I've recently started with progesterone only and have noticed my sleeping heart rate and temperature are higher. Thanks in advance. So this is from Angela. Angela, first of all, one thing that, oh gosh, there's so many aspects to this question too. So I'm really hoping that me answering it will help 
multiple people, because I'm sure many, many people have this, this question as well. So first of all, progesterone. I see so many thyroid patients with low progesterone. I actually just recorded a podcast for Karen Martell, The Other Side of Weight Loss. We just talked about this. We just talked about the number of patients that we're seeing in their 30s and 40s with progesterone levels that of a postmenopausal woman. Low progesterone is a common occurrence these days. And where I can tell you, okay, what's raising estrogen levels? Yeah, there's a ton of estrogenic foods. I did another podcast on that. You can go back and listen to it. Um, What lowers testosterone levels in male and female? Usually high estrogen and the amount of xenoestrogens that we're exposed to, plasticizers, all that, that ends up tanking testosterone, stress tanks testosterone, obsessive dieting and low-calorie dieting with tanker testosterone. What tanks progesterone? There's no really direct answer. But again, we come back to the thyroid since the thyroid is up here. We have to address that and optimize that first. And then we have to look at pregnenolone. So we always forget about pregnenolone. Pregnenolone is kind of the, where the thyroid's way up here controlling everything. Pregnenolone's like, like midway. And then down from pregnenolone, we see all the sex hormones. So you see estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. It would also be interesting to see what your estrogen and free and total testosterone and DHEA and pregnenolone levels are as well as a four-point salivary cortisol panel, a diurnal cortisol panel. Because what happens when we are stressed is a pregnenolone steal. So our bodies, if not making enough cortisol, and this can tie back to the first question too. That first question was from Tiffany. This can tie back to Tiffany's question. When we are stressed out and our bodies don't make enough cortisol, it will steal pregnenolone to make cortisol. If there's not enough pregnenolone, then there's not enough pregnenolone to make all the different sex hormones and progesterone will go in the tank. Yes, definitely. Adding in progesterone. If you are low in progesterone, you will be cranky, irritable. You won't sleep well. Definitely, like you said, your, your temperature is better. So adding in that progesterone will help you like lose some water weight. If you're low in progesterone, you're going to hold water like a camel. So there is a kind of a slight connection a little bit, Angela, with, with HRT and thyroid. We just want to do it all together. You know, we want to have that just the same as I said with the insulin resistance. We want to kind of treat everything. So we, we definitely optimize the thyroid first. And then we want to see and test test don't guess and test full panel, we want to see what those hormones are that are kind of dropping down from that. So we do want to see your diurnal cortisol and we want to see all of the sex hormones, not just one. And then we also want to see what time in your cycle, if you are still cycling, we want to take it into account what time in your cycle that progesterone was taken. The other thing with progesterone is Yes, it definitely will. Your your sleeping will definitely get better. Definitely, definitely get better. We want to make sure that you're on the right progesterone. So I'm assuming that you mean bioidentical, micronized progesterone, either in the form of of a pill, which is a little capsule. It's micronized bioidentical progesterone, usually around 100 milligrams is a good starting dose. Or you could be getting it from a compounding pharmacy in the form of a cream. And the nice thing about that too is that, well, I I like both. It depends on the patient. If someone just needs progesterone, we use the micronized capsule. 
And then if someone needs maybe a little bit of estrogen because their estrogen is low, maybe testosterone. Testosterone is vitally important, ladies, vitally important for your thyroid. There's more of a connection, Angela, with when you're talking HRT, there's more of a connection with testosterone and thyroid because if testosterone is low, you're at a greater risk for Hashimoto's. If your thyroid is not optimized, it will drag testosterone down. So then you have, again, a combo of symptoms. You're going to have low thyroid, weight gain, fatigue, no motivation, low libido. Then you're going to have over here, low testosterone, weight gain, fatigue, no motivation, low libido. So they're going to just play upon and just compound your already present symptoms. So that's why we have to test everything. So there's multiple answers to that one question with the impact of HRT and thyroid levels. But a lot of times we see, and, and the other thing that, to take into consideration, since you said HRT, we have to take into consideration estrogen because it high estrogen or a state of estrogen dominance will interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. So when we're using hormone replacement therapy, and if you are, let's say perimenopause or menopausal, we need to take into account how high of an estrogen level we want you to have and how that balances out with progesterone. And then we want to make sure that you're not interfering with conversion. So we want, you know, kind of just enough estrogen, but not too much that it interferes with conversion of T4 to T3. So um, another question is there, this comes from one of my patients, and I hear this all the time, all the time, all the time, all of the time. Is there an average dose of T3? Big old answer is no. So some patients will do great on whether you're getting T3 added to your T4, whether you're T3 only, whether you're doing a natural desiccated thyroid med, there's no one dose that we can say, when you get to 50 micrograms, you're going to feel great. If I was on 50, I would feel like ass. I would be garbage. I would be worthless. I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. I would be on the floor, flat out, fat, tired, depressed, and frustrated. There is no one dose of T3 medication that is going to optimize you because you're an individual. You're different from me. I'm different from you. You're different from Susie Q over here. So we have to find and work with all the different factors that come into play. I mean, number one, kind of goes back to that first question. Are you on T4? Is that T4 converting? Let's think about what plays a role in T4 to T3 conversion high insulin levels. That ties in the question too. If you have high insulin, your T4 to T3 conversion will be in the toilet. What about your iron status? Are you anemic? Do you have enough ferritin? How's your zinc? How's your mag? How's your selenium? Where's your iodine at? That's the, that's the, the, um, Goldilocks. Iodine is like Goldilocks. Not too much, not too little, just right. By the way, Next week, I will be interviewing Dr. Alan Christensen about his new book, The Thyroid Reset Diet. We're diving into iodine. So you're going to want to tune into that one. But yeah, not too much because too much iodine will absolutely push you into hypo. And then it doesn't even really matter how much T3 you're on. You can be pumping in that T3 all day long and the, the iodine is going to prevent the thyroid from taking it up or from your cells from taking it up. We'll dive into that. I'll let Dr. Christensen get into that. All the little details, all the studies. I have a ton of questions for him. Let's take into account all those different factors that come into play when we're looking for that perfect dose of T3 for you. Some people do great on 10 micrograms twice a day. 
I have seen patients optimized on 20 total micrograms per day. Sometimes patients will do fine on 50 micrograms per day. And then they multi-dose it. They'll, they'll dose a total of 50 four different times a day. I have a couple patients like myself that need higher amounts of T3, be it just heavy metal toxicity, prevents it from getting into the cell and being utilized, high amounts of mercury, high amounts of lead, that will prevent it. My unsupported hypothesis is drivers, those highly driven people, type A personalities, go, go, go. You're running a business, you're doing a family, you're answering emails, you're answering phone calls, you're sending out this, you're doing a podcast, you're doing this, you're running here, you're running there. You're a corporate woman, you have a job, you come home, you cook dinner, you do the, and you're just boom, 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 boom. And your brain is firing all the time. Ping, 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 ping. You're going to need more T3. If you're at home taking care of three kids, one of them autistic, one of them, you know, developmental delays, you're going to be on point. You're going to be going, 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 going all the time. And you're going to need more T3. That is my unsupported hypothesis. Don't quote me on that, but that's just what I have, have observed. Call it anecdotal evidence, if you will. And then the other common question that I get, in addition to what dose of T3 is, when will I start to see changes? When will I start to lose weight? When will I, when will I? Everybody's different. Everybody is different. So I have some patients that their body just responds immediately. It just responds. Maybe the first month, the first two months, they, they, we've started seeing changes. Their clothes fit better. Energy definitely improved. Uh, they're starting to lose weight. That pretty much is common, but you will have those few people that are just tougher cases. Now it can be a variety of factors. Number one, if we have you pretty darn optimized, like your labs are showing us that we have you on a, a, a nice dose of thyroid medication, all of that looks great, and, and your, your energy is better, and your brain fog is better, and you know you, you notice changes in your hormones, like your, your cycle is, is better, and your libido is improved, but it's just that weight loss aspect. It could be what you're eating. It could come down to those little bites of that you added in and that you're like, well, yeah, well, I, I did pretty well on my diet, but I haven't, no, it's, it hasn't been hundred um, percent. You know, I do this and I do that a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That could be enough. Even though your thyroid is optimized, even though we have it optimized, that could be enough to just kind of lower your metabolism to where you're not going to lose weight or it can still kick up that insulin resistance because every time you eat those little bites of, you know, the, the bun with your burger and then the bite of your kid's nugget and, the, and a cookie and then you grabbed a couple of Hershey kisses and you had a couple of glasses of wine, all of those little things could kick up your blood sugar and your insulin enough that your insulin resistance is not being taken care of. The berberine that you're taking is not enough to take care of the insulin resistance based on the foods that you're eating and your body is just not going to lose weight. You have that weight loss resistance. Now, of course, we can look at in those cases, is the T3 actually getting into the cell? Are there heavy metal issues? Is there EBV? Is there Lyme? Um, do we need to do a mold detox? All of those things can come into play and prevent the T3 from getting into the cell. So yeah, the labs could look really good, but then, you know, it's not quite getting into the cell to do its job. Yes, we can look at those factors and factor that in. But if the only thing that you're experiencing, if you've noticed an improvement in all the other thyroid 
symptoms and then the only thing is that you're not losing weight, we have to go back to what you're eating and are you kicking up that insulin resistance some way, somehow that your body is just not letting go of that weight no matter what you do. So it really kind of comes back to, yeah, you know, your thyroid looks pretty darn good, but we have all these other factors coming into play that we have to take a peek at, which kind of leads me into my experience of overindulgence. Many of you have the question, I will get this from patients, I'm in a flare. I feel like all of a sudden my body was was poofy and my joints are inflamed and they hurt and, and I'm just, I feel like I'm, my face is poofy and my body's poofy and like I gained weight. It can simply be. So number one, if you have Hashimoto's, you can cause an autoimmune flare by letting little things slip in. When I say overindulgence, I don't mean an all out gorge fest, food fest. I mean, just the little thing. So got away last week, had the best food ever, best food ever. And yes, I had dessert with dinner. And yes, I had half of a bun with a really good burger. Yes, I had sweet potato fries. Yes, I had a big, maybe two, chocolate, gluten-free, flourless chocolate cookie that was to die for. It's like one of those brownies, but smashed up into a cookie. So I had like one and a half of those. Uh, I had a couple bites of a spinach wrap. So just little thing, no alcohol, just those little things coming in, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of gluten, even a little bit of gluten-free, but still sugar. Those little things, kind of some potato chips, those little things coming in that even though I was snowboarding and burning like 1,700 calories a day, remember, it's not about calories in, calories out. It's what the food does to your body. So it didn't freaking matter that I was snowboarding my ass off and burning calories I still gained weight, got poofy. My knee is like the size of a pumpkin right now because it's so inflamed from the inside. I didn't do anything. I didn't fall. It's inflamed from the inside because that exposure over the course of five, maybe six days, those daily little bites of exposure things was enough to just cause everything to flare. So now my clothes are tight. My freaking leggings are tight. I can feel the poofiness. I can feel the joint inflammation. I can feel the swelling. I can feel the gut dysregulation. Do not discount your little slip-ups. Don't brush them off as, well, it was only a little bit of this. And I only had a bite of my kid's food and I finished up their plate. And well, we went out to eat with friends. And so I had a couple of glasses of wine and I had the sweet potato fries and I had the one with my burger and I had a dessert. Do not discount what that can do to your body. So if you go into one of those autoimmune flares, gluten alone is going to cause an autoimmune flare. I got to tell you, that's going to kick up some pretty nasty cytokines in your body. And then you're in that inflammatory state. And then you are pumping out more insulin. And the insulin can't get into the cell doors that are closed because you're insulin resistant. And now that high insulin is going to prevent T4 to T3 conversion. And you can slip into a hypothyroid state. Don't discount those quick inflammatory responses of the body that can occur from your little slip-ups. Now, am I perfect all the time? Absolutely not. No, but I'm not that imperfect that in that amount of time, short amount of time. Normally that the sweet potato fries and the bun with my burger and a dessert would be like once a week, once every other week, not daily stacked up. So even though there were just, you know, bites of bites of bites of a little bit here, a little treat there, you got to do it, you're on vacation, 
it was enough that my body, even being optimized, my thyroid is optimized. Remember, if yours isn't yet and you do that, forget it. Don't, don't, please do not expect to see any results. Please do not expect to see weight loss. And I always say what you do this week will show up next week. What you do next week will show up the week after. What you did last week is showing up this week. So this week you're paying the price. I'm paying the price. You're paying the price. So do not discount those little bites of and what that food can do to your body and that response that your body can have, that inflammatory cytokine storm response that your body can have. And it will lay down the weight. It absolutely will. Okay, I want to get to a couple other questions. Can I test my adrenals, four-point cortisol test, while pregnant or should I wait? Miss Amanda, I don't know. So ZRT, where I have my patients go to order their four-point salivary, or you can, I also direct you, uh, since you're not a patient of mine, I direct you to Karen Martell's site because she has cortisol panels on there as well. And ZRT is really good about giving directions, especially if you're on hormone replacement therapy, but I don't know what their directions are if pregnant. Now, if you're just doing cortisol, that should be fun. I wouldn't do the cortisol panel with the hormones because your hormones are going to be all over the place. Um, but ZRT has very specific directions. So the best thing to do actually would probably call the company and ask them whether or not it's even worth it for you spending the money on a cortisol panel if you are pregnant. Okay, another question. I am now achieving more sustained energy by splitting my T3 daily dose. That absolutely undisturbed nighttime sleep and feeling less foggy, aching on waking. So yes, absolutely splitting. That's a good one. Splitting, and that's more of a comment than a question, splitting your T3 helps. And a lot of times patients won't be told. So even if you're prescribed, I've had patients prescribed 60 milligrams, 90 milligrams of armor, and they're never told to split dose it. So they might take that initially. Let's say they take that 60 milligrams up front. And then they're like, I can't handle this. I'm too jittery. Oh my gosh, I'm crawling out of my skin. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, yeah, it's too much at once. Split it up. Split it up. Do, do, you know, 30, 30, 30, or 45 and 45. And then even when we're talking about T3, absolutely split that up. Don't take a big T3 dose all at once. Split it up. Multi-dose, split dose, whatever you have to do that, that works for you. And again, on the podcast that I just recorded for Karen Martell, we talked about this. So when it airs on hers, I'll put it on mine. So you'll be able to listen to it, even if you're not subscribed to hers, but I highly recommend that you do. And you will hear her ask me about, I think we talked about this on the podcast, or it might've been before, but how I can take 75 micrograms of T3 all at once. And it doesn't affect me. I'm not sensitive to it. Whereas sometimes if you go up by five on someone, they're like crawling out of their skin or freaking out. I mean, you could probably go up by 25 or 50 on me and I wouldn't even notice the difference. I wouldn't notice the change. Again, unsupported hypothesis. And her and I talked about it. I said, from a stimulant perspective, kind of tying back to that question one, I took so much hydroxy cut in my competing days in my 20s that was such a stimulant. I think I'm so used to stimulants. For those of you who don't know how hydroxy cut is, it was the classic ephedrine, caffeine, aspirin stack that I probably should have had my heart explode on. And this is before my functional medicine days. This is in my stupid competing days where literally it felt like my heart was going to explode, but I would take it like three times a day. 
So 75 micrograms of T3 is nothing compared to like three or four capsules of hydroxy cut. That might be why I'm more tolerant, but then Karen was saying that she's more tolerant too, that she can go up, feel nothing really. Anyways, I digress. Split dose your T3. And if you are getting jittery on the split dose, you can multi-dose it. Do three, four times a day. I have one patient that does four times a day. That works for her. That's awesome. Okay. Can we address thyroid and kids? He's had a recent TSH and free T4 only, was told normal, not happy. So this is from Angelique. And, you know, you got to, it doesn't matter, kid, adult, you got to have that full panel done because I have seen young kids with Hashimoto. So you have to get the TPO and TGA antibodies done. You got to look at the free T3. You know, I, I mean, I can't even say that it's age dependent. Um, no, we, we see hypothyroidism in, in infants now. So we really have to see, you know, is there an autoimmune component? Is it indeed Hashimoto's? And yes, I have seen it in kids as well. What is the best time to test hormones? So sex hormones, always best to have tested before 11 a.m. and on days 20 to 22 of your cycle, if you are still cycling as a woman. Do you have to microdose T3 two, three, four times a day? So yeah, just like we said earlier, it, it's best to do twice a day. If you can't tolerate that dose at twice a day, then you can split it up into three times a day, four times a day. If there is a circadian cortisol issue, we can dose that based on Paul Robinson's uh, circadian T3 method and dose that accordingly once we have your diurnal salivary cortisol panel done. If T3, if reverse T3 is super high, 36.7, ooh, my goodness, that's high. What test should be prioritized outside of T4, T3, TSH, reverse T3, cortisol, insulin resistance, adrenals, iron, heavy metal, others? Well, you pretty much covered it right there, right? Um, so high reverse T3, high insulin, high estrogen, low iron, low ferritin, low zinc, dysregulated cortisol, heavy metals. I would do lime. I would do EBV. I would do look for mold toxicity and yeah, cortisol. So we would test all of that to get that picture of what is causing that high reverse T3. But then you have to look at what is your free T3? Don't just do total. What is your free T3? Is that high enough? And are you on too much T4? Because T4 is the only thing that can convert to reverse T3. So I've seen patients on super high doses. And when I say high, I mean, me like 112, you know, 125, something like that. Super high doses of T4, maybe no T3 whatsoever, and they could have a high reverse T3. Or they're on this itty bitty, teeny, tiny little dose of T3, which is not enough for your pinky. And then all of that T4 that you're pumping in the body is getting converted over to reverse. Now, yes, we're going to look at the factors that are causing that, that high reverse T3 and see if we can help the conversion process overall. But the first thing that I would do would be if you're on a high dose of T4, lower that, increase T3 if tolerated or dose it so it can be tolerated while looking at all the other factors that you just mentioned that we just said. Tiffany, your past competitor. <laughs> nice, nice. And I hope you heard the answer to your first question. I'm going to actually circle back to that 
now that I know that you are a past competitor, you probably, like me, depending on how many years it's been since you competed, you probably tanked your adrenals. So how many years has it been since you competed? How many times did you compete? Your hormones are probably in the crapper. Oh, girl, we need to talk. So your hormones are probably in the crapper. You're probably insulin resistant if you did the eat six times a day to keep your metabolism up as your body pumped out insulin every single time that you ate your chicken and broccoli. Then you had a thyroid problem to boot, right? That probably showed itself after you were done competing for a little while, right? Oh, yeah. So why are you tired after you take T3? You probably aren't on enough. You might be taking too much T4 if you're on T4. And your adrenals and your hormones are probably in the tank. So we probably have to do everything, like address absolutely everything in order to heal you, in order to get you back to normal, back to feeling like a normal human being. So, oh, you're a stimulant junkie too. Twice on the stage, two hours of cardio, seven days a week. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Good Lord, Tiffany. Uh, why don't you um, go on my website and schedule a discovery call? <laughs> because we need to work together. There's just so much going on there. So much going on there. Yeah, twice on the stage is, is two times too many. I'll tell you that. Listen, a lot of fun, right? It's a goal. You work toward it. Super cool. You look like that for one moment in time, a brief moment in time. And all of that dieting and exercise, two hours of cardio a day. Do you know I don't do any cardio anymore? None. And I can't believe I would drag my ass to the gym twice a day and get on. I, I preferred that stair stepper thing. Just countless hours on that. Just mind boggling hours that just completely tanked my entire system. Yeah, we need a lot of more testing that your question can't be answered easily because there's so much else that's going on there. So much else going on there. So I'm glad you found me too. All right. I think we covered a lot today. Hopefully the questions of others have helped you. And like I mentioned to Tiffany, if you would like to schedule a discovery call just to find out how I work with patients one-on-one, different packages, what it looks like, what it looks like for us to work together as a team, you can go to my website, amyhorneman.com and click on book a call. So those are the first steps. All right. So thank you so much for jumping on. We'll see you guys later. 